listening to The Fret Files, the Guitar Workshop Podcast with Eric Daw. To participate in the show, go to my website, ericdaw.com. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W dot com. Click on the contact link and submit your question or comment there. I'll use it as part of the show. The other way to do it is to call or text 757-774-8482. Leave your voicemail there and I'll use that as part of the show. And now, the Fret Files Podcast. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Fret Files Podcast. My name is Eric Daw, your guitar scientist with over 20 years of experience building and repairing guitars. This is a podcast about guitar repair, guitar building, guitar news, guitar science, and guitar opinions. Sitting beside me once again is my lovely wife and co-host, Melissa. This is a question and answer episode where we are going to respond to listeners submitted emails and calls. I will read the questions, and Eric will try to answer them. It's true. I think everybody missed you. Oh, that's nice. Well, I mean, Nat did a great job. I I thought he was much more listenable than the ones that I'm on. But according to all the of of our listeners, you're the star of the show. Aw. Some of these e- some of these emails we're gonna read today tonight were are a little bit older, but they were so Melissa centric that I. I saved them for this episode rather than have Nat read them. Oh. Yeah. So this is like a special Melissa episode. I feel so special. Of the Fret Files podcast. Nat, don't take this. Don't take it the wrong way, buddy. Here's the other thing I learned. Nobody cares when you make a kit amp. (laughs) Absolutely no one commented at all on anything that Nat and I discussed about our kit amps. Sorry. Well, I was just a little bit surprised because everybody seems to be really uh, uh, gung-ho on amps and building amps and servicing amps now with that... With the new that, podcast. That, that other podcast, the, uh, the Truth About Vintage Amps. I asked on my Instagram, what's, what's everybody's favorite podcast? And everyone that mentioned the Fret Files mentioned Skip Simmons first. Oh, well, they're just... It's like, yeah. it's just a novelty, right? It's just a new thing. Yeah. We'll come back. Yeah. We're going to be big again, our lis- By the way, our listenership is way up. Wow. I looked at the numbers and I don't want to, I don't want to talk at a turn here. I don't want to tell. Are we up to 20? I don't want to tell tales out of school here, but uh, they're in the high digits. <laughs> Very high digits. Uh, anyhow, there's a lot of new things going on around here. Yeah, uh, what's on your bench? I will, I'll tell you. A lot of things. I've been working on, of course, many custom guitars. I'm trying to get those. Uh, you know, the thing about like the making custom guitars is there's a lot of downtime. So in between like coats of paint mm-hmm. and or in between doing uh, 
doing pore filler, you know, you have to let it dry and then sand it and then seal it and then pore filler and then sand it and then seal it. And then the first coat. And then, so it's like, there's, there's this certain amount, there's like these few weeks where I'm, I can really only spend about an hour a day on this guitar because I have to wait for it to dry and be ready for the next step. Mm -hmm. So if I get behind it all, then your day's behind. Yeah, and I get really behind because I can't do it all in a day. I have to do it in chunks. Anyway, right. so I'm, I've been chopping away at the next. I'm I'm doing three guitars right right now. They're in the paint booth. Cool. Yeah, and the other thing, uh, the other things that are going on, of course, are many repairs. I just sent a lovely 1966, I believe, Telecaster back to. It's owner, after doing a refret, and uh, that turned out nice. Cool. Uh, and I put a new neck pickup in it, because somebody had put a humbucker in it a long time ago. Well, that's all right, but I, uh, it's not how I would have wanted it. Right. Uh, I'm doing a neck reset on a nice little Martin. I'm doing a bridge re-glue on a nice little Gibson. Cool. Doing a lot of repairs. I, I've got a. I've got three more refrets that are stacked up, ready to go, in line. A lot of repairs. Anyhow, nice. yeah. What's cool. on your bench? What are you working on? Uh, I'm working on a single guitar strap. I have been swamped with custom orders so for months and months and months, and finally, I said I'm not taking custom orders for a while. And I got my last one done last week, and then I got an order for a broadcaster strap yesterday. So I have one guitar strap on my bench, and then I'm... See, what we've started homeschooling our kids, and so I, I gotta be mom for a while. And by we, she means really her, because I'm in the shop... Working. Working, and she's homeschooling the kids. Yeah. So the bottom line is, you're not doing custom orders anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you contact me and it sounds really awesome, I probably will do it. But or if your name is like Billy Gibbons or right, yeah, something like that, right? Uh, but for the most part, I'm gonna say no. I'm not taking custom orders for you're a trying while. To, you're trying to lighten up your uh, yeah your workload. Yeah, so I got a haircut. I got some new glasses. I got some new slippers. That's what's on my bench. You look stylish and stunning. Thanks, as always. I got new glasses and put them on, and within like two hours they were broken. But well, it's okay; I fixed them by breaking the other side. You headbutted our three-year-old <laughs> in the butt, and that broke your glasses. Isn't that what happened? Yes. Okay. Yes. Just checking. Uh, no news, really. Good. And nothing else. We actually we don't have any calls either. Whoa. Yeah. So this is uh, this is an strictly, email. Strictly an email episode. <laughs> Strictly email. Shall we take some some strict emails? Yes, let's do it. Alrighty then. Letters. We get letters. We get stacks and stacks of letters. I have hot off the presses here. This this email came to us about five minutes before Whoa. showtime. Yeah. We're recording the podcast a little bit early, so I checked the email account one more time before we before we recorded it. And uh, lo and behold, th this is like this. 
The ink hasn't even dried on this email. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear it. And since I'm in front of the computer and you're not, I'm going to read it. Okay. Hey, Eric and Melissa. I've got a 70s guild dreadnought, and the two plain strings have begun to sound weak. Not buzzy, but just thin. The wound strings have plenty of clarity and power. The neck seems properly adjusted. What might be happening? Thanks from Wit. Melissa? Replace your strings, Wit. <laughs> I was hoping you'd... You could answer. You know, you've been part of this show for so long, you could probably start answering. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, like this one. Wit, you need to replace those two strings. Well, that could be that could be what's going on, but it's probably, you know, when I, it could be a number of things. So the the nut and the saddle come to mind. Um, make sure your clearances are good coming off of the nut. Uh. He says the neck seems properly adjusted. Um, I I would try maybe just a touch more relief in the neck, see if that helps. The other thing, the other the other thing that can happen a lot of times is if the fret, or excuse me, if the saddle is not perfectly flat on the bottom. A lot of times, you know, you'll you'll have a somebody will go to lower the action. They'll sand the saddle down on a mm-hmm. belt sander, mm-hmm. and it's really easy. To uh, go too far. To, well, to 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 mess up the um, oh, to make it not straight. Yeah, to, to make, make it, it to make it not straight. To to make it not flat. It has to be perfectly flat, and it has to make full contact with your bridge. So a lot of times, what'll happen is, um, it'll be flat at like two different angles. Mm-hmm. So. It it's not flat, <laughs> so it, the bass strings are pushing down the saddle, and that those are resting nice and snug. But there's a little air gap underneath the the high strings, and that happens a lot because it seems like I don't know. I just see it a lot. I don't know why. I don't know why I see that a lot. But it, I'm guessing that guys take their saddle to a belt sander and just round off the the treble side of the saddle as they're putting it on or taking it off the belt sander. And then the bass strings have a lot more downward pressure, so they're they're bottoming out the saddle. It's nice and snug on that end, but under the treble strings there's a little air gap. So th- maybe that's what's going on. Um, take off all your strings and see if the saddle is sitting really, s- if it's snug in there. It You should actually be able to just about pick up your guitar by the saddle. It should be pretty snug in there. Wow. Cool. Anything else? What else can he try? I mean, if your if your frets have become unseated to the point that they're a little bit loose, then they're absorbing the string energy, and then you'll have uh, weak strings there. So that could be happening. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a number of things that could be causing this. Any good luthier, any good tech should be able to look at it and see. But that's there's some places to start. There's some places to, some things to look for. Thanks, Wit. Thanks, Wit. Hey, Eric and Melissa. I recently discovered the podcast and I am hooked. Over the last three days, I've gone through about 20 episodes and I expect to be fully caught up in the next few days. Wow. I also wanted you to know I placed an order for a custom pinup guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Nice. This is from Jason. Mm-hmm. 
I am also a father with young kids, and where I spend my money matters to me, as I'm sure it does to you. Mm-hmm. You and Melissa seem to be ultra high integrity and passionate people, and I couldn't imagine there being someone I'd rather purchase a guitar from. Oh, thanks. That's nice. I think musical instruments are very personal, intimate parts of one's life, and it makes me feel great knowing it's being built by someone I respect and admire. Also, please give my best to Melissa. In my opinion, the presence she brings to the podcast is what takes it from an interesting good listen to a great podcast that's quickly becoming an all-time favorite for me, and I'm trying to get my wife to listen to. All the best from Mercer Island, Jason. That's so nice, Jason. I really appreciate the... You know, not every not every email has to be some uh, tech question. I like peppering these in there. That's just such a... Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Thanks. I'm excited to make a guitar for you, dude. Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> hey, Eric and Melissa. Found out about the podcast a few months ago. I am a big fan. Melissa, wow. Melissa, I dig the leather work. Keep it up. Do you ever read your own name and be like, is that really my name? Uh, n- Not since I quit doing drugs. Okay. I'm just kidding. Eric, not sure if you've talked about building guitars in previous podcasts, but I have some questions about building a period-correct Telecaster and the tools needed. I'm looking to build a 50s or 60s Telecaster. The only problem is I've never held a real vintage Telecaster. Did Leo Fender change the tele or uh, the tele body or neck dimensions through 54 to 65? Can I take any old Tele template that's for sale online to shape the body? I'm in the market for power tools. What would you recommend as far as buying new versus used? I'm looking for a drill press, bandsaw, and router. Any other tools that are a must? Thanks. That's from Omar. Hmm. Uh, thanks, Omar. Um, he's he's looking to build an authentic. 50s 60s style telecaster but he's never actually held a real vintage one so how will you how will you know do you know what i mean like you don't know what if you don't really know what you're aiming for how will will you know when you get it done if you've even come close well he's seen pictures of them well sure he's heard recordings of them sure but i i assume that he's talking a lot about feel um yeah. Uh no, to answer your question, the the um Leo Fender did not change the body dimensions from the 50s to the 60s. It, it wasn't until a little bit later that some of the little some of the little details changed uh on the body uh they they can have the the roundover can be different on different eras you know mm-hmm. they were hand sanded and they the radius edge mm-hmm. is sometimes different uh the neck dimensions certainly changed a lot and they changed from one guitar to the next um there's kind of some general neck shapes that you have uh during certain periods um but here's what i would do omar build build one that you like you know what i mean like you you're obviously a guitar player here. You know what you know what neck feel you like, you know what kind of frets you like, you know what kind of neck profile you like. You know, mm-hmm. aim for that. Yeah. Don't worry about what uh what template to use to to make it to make it feel like a guitar that you wouldn't even know if you 
if you hit the mark or not. You know what I mean? But just build a nice, just build the ni- nicest one you can. Mm-hmm. That's that's my advice. But yeah, um, he's looking for a drill press, a bandsaw, and a router. Well, I don't know. Look for look for good quality and the best price you can. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, used is always nice. I I'm always looking at Facebook Marketplace and and Craigslist for tools. I bought. I've bought a lot of tools on Craigslist. I bought my uh, my dust collection system on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. It was brand new in the box. Some guy some guy bought it for his dad for his wood shop, and they never even used it. So I got it for like half price. That's rad. So yeah, um, used is great. Uh, buy name brand, buy good stuff. I gotta replace some of my stuff. Yeah, we when we first set up shop years and years and years ago, we just went and got some Harbor Freight stuff to fill in the gaps. Yeah, and some of that stuff is still working. And you know, Harbor Freight, I mean, they do sell some decent stuff. It's really hit and miss, but um, yeah, they don't have the best things. Yeah. Are there any other tools that are a must? Uh. Yeah, you didn't mention, like, just a little hand sander. I would get an, a little electric handheld sander. Anything else? Um, Nothing that I can think of. Nothing I can think of. So you're telling me you can build an entire guitar with just a drill press, a bandsaw, a router, and a sander? Well, is he building one from scratch, or is he going to... I don't know. I mean, geez. You could go nuts. I mean, you've seen Stumax catalog, right? You could buy 3,000 tools, uh, but is, is, are there any, anything that, that's, a, that's a must? I don't know. Yeah, well, he says specifically power tools, so I guess, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, thanks, Omar. Thanks, Omar. Good luck. Hi, guys. Eric, on the last episode, you said that Melissa reigns supreme on Instagram because she's cute. <laughs> I did say that. I take issue with that because while, yes, she is an attractive woman, her leather work is really stunning. This is weird (laughs) for me to read. Well. Uh, Also, she takes great pictures of her art. So maybe you just need to step up your game. Oh. Hey. (laughs) I've been a fan since the beginning. Thanks for doing the Lord's work. That's from Wes. Wes. Thanks, Thanks, Wes. Wes. I (laughs) <laughs> I doing the Lord's work. People keep saying that. I I'm not. I, this is not an orphanage for uh, <laughs> for children with cancer. Oh. Uh, thanks, but I think that the the Lord has better things to do than yeah. mess mess with guitars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you. She's better at Instagram. She takes better pictures. In fact, she told me the same thing not long ago. She said my pictures suck. Sorry. Do they really? The, the lower the quality, the picture, the lower the quality, the account. Okay, but some of them are really good. Yeah. Right? Some of my pictures? Yes, but you're you have to remain consistent throughout. You guys feed. are You guys need to understand something. I don't even own a smartphone. It is a small miracle that I'm even on Instagram. I don't like it. I'm I'm there because I've been I've been told that I need to be there and I believe people and it's it's good. It's good for business. 
And I would like to point out, too, that despite how I reign supreme on Instagram, Eric still has about 100 more followers than I do. But you're catching which up. Which is annoying. You're really catching up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I would like to agree with Wes here and, and say that, yes, you are you are an attractive woman. <laughs> so, thanks, Wes. Hey, Eric and Melissa, thanks for the awesome podcast. It has been really helpful as well as entertaining. I apologize if this issue has been raised in previous episodes, but I am slightly new to the fret files and I am getting impatient to fix this issue. I recently bought a really cool 67 Silvertone 1454 that has a popped fret, Mm. specifically the 15th, although the 13th and the 14th are a bit raised. They are non-problematic. 15 is so jacked that it's actually playing a G sharp on the high E, same as 16. The other strings are just buzzy past 14. I'd send picks, but not sure how to do that via this form. Anyways, I've scoured the net uh, and tried tapping it lightly and clamping it with a radius block and clamp. I did use super glue. The thing won't budge. I really would like to fix this myself and learn something here. However, being that I am a player far more than a tinkerer and it being vintage, I am getting nervous to do much else. Should I bring it to someone more knowledgeable or is there something else that maybe I can try? Thanks for thanks so much for any help. Follow-up question. In your opinion, how long is too long to leave a guitar unstrung? Cheers, Jay in Beverly, Massachusetts? M-A. Is that Michigan? What's no, M.A.? That's, yeah, that's Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Thank you, Jay. Uh, your fret problems, man, I don't know. Look, fret work <laughs> takes a long time to perfect, and you're dealing with something there that is jacked up. Okay, and so, you know, tr- if you've never done fretwork before, this is probably not the place to start. Just to be real honest with you, uh, your fifteenth fret is so jacked that it's actually playing a G sharp on the high E, same as sixteen. So six, either sixteen is high or fifteen is low. Sounds like maybe you. Maybe, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's the kind of thing I would have to get on my bench and see it. Probably what someone would want to do would be, uh, if it doesn't need refretted, which it, it might, um, you'd probably want to just remove those problem frets, like 13 through 16, retension them, clean out the fret slots, and uh, put them back in. I mean, basically, you know, refret it with the the existing frets. Pull them, retension them so they're radiused properly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you overbend them a little bit. You, or at least I do. A lot of people do. Um, and then and then put the frets back in. So, I mean, if that's something you want to attempt, go for it. But it doesn't sound like you're. Uh, doesn't sound like you're really a fretwork guy, my man. I I mean, that's just you know, I'm just going from what you've said here. Definitely, uh, if you've got a good tack, if you've got a good luthier, man, give him some business. Mm-hmm. Because somebody, if you brought that to somebody like me, dude, I could, I could straighten this out in a heartbeat. It would not be a big deal, but it's the kind of thing that could really be messed up or made worse uh, by someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So take that into account. His follow-up question, how long is too long to leave a guitar unstrung? Why, 
I get this question sometimes, and I'm one. Why are we leaving guitars unstrung? I don't, storage. I don't know. You, you don't want to leave them strung for storage, do you? I never leave guitars unstrung unless I'm working on them. Uh, you could loosen them a little bit if you wanna if you wanna put a guitar in storage, but um, or if you're shipping it, you could loosen them. But why why unstrung? Well, if you're not going to play it, what's the point of having strings on it? Because a lot of guitars, the strings are what's what's holding on the saddle or the bridge or the bridge pins are being held on or the, yeah, you know, but you leave the strings off and the bridge falls off and the the uh, the bridge pins are in the case pocket. and the. Okay, I know enough about guitars to know that that's like maybe 40% of guitars, maybe. So what about... A Telecaster. Why not leave it unstrung? Why not take the strings off and put it in the closet? How long is it okay to leave a car without any tires on it? You know, I like this question that you just asked me because the answer is there's there's no length of time. That's that's perfect. You should always have that done. <laughs> Will you put it in the front yard? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we're saying how long should I... Leave my guitar inoperable. <laughs> I'm right. not sure what you're doing with your guitars unstrung. In, unless you're just saying, is it dangerous to leave them unstrung because they're not under any tension and they need to be under a certain amount of tension? Or I, I just leave them, just leave them strong. What are we doing? Is there any danger in a guitar that doesn't have any loose parts? Is there any danger of putting that thing in storage with no strings on it for 25 years? What What's going to happen? I mean... Yeah, the neck could warp. The, uh, the, uh, but not that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that it's unstrung. Some of the woods can dry out and crack. Yeah, that's why you need to keep up the maintenance on guitars. Okay. So if you've got a guitar you like, strings or not, let's, let's keep up the maintenance on these things. There man. you go. Change the oil. Let's take a break. Okay. Okie dokie. We'll be right back. If you're at all curious about my guitar repair services or my custom guitars, you can check out my websites, ericdaw.com. That's more the repair side of things. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. I would love to help you with that tricky repair or restoration. You know, maybe you don't have somebody in your area, or maybe you've got a very valuable guitar that you don't want to trust to just anybody. And the guitars that I make are at pinupcustomguitars.com. That's pinup, like pinup girl, P-I-N-U-P. I offer worldwide service uh, on repairs. People send me repairs from all over the country and, uh, well, even internationally. And I definitely send guitars all over the world. So if you're curious about what I do and want to learn more, that's how to check it out. ericdaw.com and pinupcustomguitars.com. Hey, guitar nerds. You probably already know that I make custom leather guitar straps. All of my straps are handcrafted from design all the way to completion. You can see examples of my past work on my Instagram account. That's at Melco Leather. Visit MelcoLeather.com now to get free shipping on orders of $35 or more within the U.S. That's MelcoLeather.com. M-E-L-C-O Leather.com. Liz 
here from Emerald City Guitars, located in the heart of historic Pioneer Square in downtown Seattle, Washington. We are one of the world's premier vintage guitar shops, going strong for over 22 years. Specializing in the most rare, the funkiest, and most collectible vintage and pre-owned electric guitars, acoustic guitars, amplifiers, and more. We cater to anyone and everyone, from the guy next door to collectors and famous rock stars. Not only do we pay top dollar for used gear, we also offer trade-ins and consignment. We also have in-house repair and offer free appraisals. We have a variety of social media accounts that we post our goods daily. Find us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at EC Guitars. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and see our daily episodes of the featured Guitar Pick of the Day and Reality of Emerald City Guitars shows. Give us a call to chat in person at 206-382-0231 and visit our online store at www.emeraldcityguitars.com. Eric and Melissa, I have a question about the wiring of tone circuits. I have seen tone pots and capacitor. I have seen tone cops, tone pots and capacitors wired up a number of ways. Sometimes the cap is soldered to the volume pot and the tone pot, sometimes only to the tone pot. I pretty much prefer no tone circuit and the pickup wide open and wired straight to the jack from the volume pot. What is the least affected way to wire a tone circuit? Meaning when the tone is turned up all the way, it has the least amount of effect on the sound of the pickup. I'm familiar with no load tone pots. Is a no load tone pot the only way to achieve that? Please advise Zach in Seattle. Thank you, Zach. Uh, Yeah, no load pot. Um, takes the resistor, and so so a pot is a resistor. Okay, a pot is a variable resistor. And a no-load pot means that when it's all the way up, the carbon path, the resistor part of the pot, is disconnected from the circuit. So mm-hmm. with a no-load pot, you are removing the resistor and the cap from the circuit. Okay, so that is the least affected way to wire up a tone circuit by using a no-load pot. The other... The, I guess I'd have to say um, if you used... if you use a uh, a higher... Uh, a higher resistance pot, it would, it would affect it less. So a 500K pot is going to be brighter and affect it less than a 250K pot. But they have different tapers, so you may or may not like that. Uh, he says he pretty much prefers no tone circuit and the pickup wide open wired straight from the jack to the volume pot. So yeah, so a no load tone pot is is the best way to achieve that. That's what I would say. Definitely. Thank you, Zach. Hi, Melissa. Great work on the podcast. <laughs> this question is for your sidekick, Eric. Jeez. Part one. Eric, you I... know, I just would like to say... I wish I could take a week off the podcast. Why don't you, you and Nat just do a podcast? That's that's a great idea. <laughs> would... That would be super interesting. <laughs> you know, a lot of podcasts rerun old episodes when they're taking a break. Maybe we could do that. We had like, what, 12 episodes now? 80-something. Wow. I'm sorry. Great work on the podcast. This question is for your sidekick, Eric. Part one. Eric, I have a Norman 12-string acoustic dreadnought well, there's your problem. with a cedar to- a solid cedar top. I live in Calgary, Alberta, which gets very cold and very dry in That's the winter. That's your other problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. 
Are you going to be quiet now? Yeah. Thanks. I'll be good. I know I'm supposed to humidify my guitars, but isn't a 12-string enough trouble already? Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> the guitar dried out and the top is warped. The upper bout is sort of caved in, especially around the sound hole. There are some short hairline cracks near the center seam on both front and back, but this has been true for a few years now and they seem to be stable. How worried should I be about those cracks and what can I do to level out the top? That was part one. Part two. Uh, yeah, but I already tried. Oh, you must have answered him. I no. Heard- oh, no. He's, he's just anticipating what I'm going to say. Oh. Rehumidify it. Okay. There you go. So part two. Yeah, but I already tried the thing with the sponge and the sound hole for a few days and it didn't help. Now what? Do I just have to live with this wavy top? It plays okay, aside from a little bit of buzz, which I think is probably fixable by turning the truss rod or getting a setup. Thanks for all the good advice these past few years. You guys are terrific. That's from Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Spelled the correct way. Really? G-E-O-F-F. Yeah, that's the real way to spell Jeff. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, a Norman 12-string acoustic dreadnought with a solid cedar top. Jeff, <clears throat> I, if you'll pardon me for just a minute here, I'm going to look up. I'm going to look up your guitar on the Google machine here, okay? Because you're describing a guitar that has basically collapsed on itself. And uh, let's see, Norman 12 string. Yeah. Uh, guitar Center, 349. That's my answer. Your guitar, it sounds like it's a loss, man. I mean, you could have somebody try to fix the cracks and uncave in the top. Um, Get a new one. Looks like you can get one for three, maybe $400. And... uh, it wouldn't have all these problems. And then and you then could you put a just, humidifier in it. That's and... right. Then you could just take care of it like you're supposed to from the first. This is my suggestion. I mean, when we're talking about... If we were talking about, yeah, my granddaddy's Martin from 1942. The top is warped and it has cracks. Okay, let's restore that guitar. But a 12-string Norman? Come on, man. <laughs> this is... This is like a disposable commodity. We've talked about this before. You're being a a bumhead, son. Excuse me? Uh, This is, I mean, look, I'm just trying to be straight with you, okay? If you just, if you brought this into my uh, local, you know, shop here where I work out of. He would beat you over the head with it. No, I would not. (laughs) I'd say, you know, I just, I think it's time for a new guitar. Uh. You know, if you wanted to pay someone like me $500 to try to fix this guitar, you could. But why do that when you can buy one that doesn't have any problems mm-hmm. for less? That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to be a dick about it. Don't Melissa have to use that I'm, language. Melissa thinks I'm being rude. You are being rude. Maybe Am it, I really? Maybe it's his granddaddy's Norman 12-string acoustic dreadnought From before with a solid the war. cedar top. <laughs> Those nor- those pre-war Normans are uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely the ones to get. I'm sorry, Jeff. Are you offended? Write, write me and let me know. Write, Jeff, write Melissa. Jeff. Write to Melissa. You can write me again, and I will probably ignore it. 
No, see, now you're the one being, <laughs> now you're the one being a bum. Sorry. Um, sorry about your guitar, Jeff. By the way, he thinks we're terrific, and Jeff, we we think you're terrific too. Everyone's I, terrific. I would just buy a new guitar if I were you. That's all. There you go. This next one is for me too. Wow. What is this? What is happening? Wow. Melissa, are you going to the next Roundcore Festival? <laughs> I know the music is slightly out of tune, but that's part of its charm. What's your favorite roundcore band? Wow. I'm going to admit that I read this earlier, and it took me a long time to figure out. Oh, you don't remember our our conversation about roundcore? Well, it took me a while. Yeah. You see... You have to be a listener to know that a few episodes ago, we were talking about roundcore strings. Right. Melissa said roundcore sounds like some kind of weird music genre. Right. And guess who's not a listener? You. Me. Sorry, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, this is from Bruce in Seattle. He goes on to say, "Yeah, Eric, is there any sonic difference with direct, direct mounted pickups or is it just Eddie Van Halen DIY mythology and cork sniffing? That's from Bruce in Seattle. <laughs> right on. There's a number of, of guitars where the pickups mount directly to the wood, uh, but I don't know, man. It, I don't on a solid body electric guitar. It's just I don't think it. I I don't think it makes a ton of difference. It just doesn't. Um, in fact, on some guitars, I wouldn't want. Uh, like like for a, example, a Tele. A Telecaster bridge pickup is mounted to the bridge, and the way that the pickup works with the bridge is part of that tele sound. They make tellies with like a half of a bridge and the pickup is mounted to the wood. And to me, that I don't think those sound as good. They, they're, it changes the way the whole thing works. But then you look at something like a Strat, the pickups are mounted to a th- sheet of plastic. Right. I mean, where's the tone in that? But is it going to sound better if you screwed them directly into the wood? I don't think you're. I don't think you would. If I were listening to a Hendrix record, right. I don't think I would say, "Wow, man, Jimmy screwed the pickups directly into the wood for this for this song." Direct. Mouth. I can hear it. I can hear it. By the way, Eddie Van Halen would sound the same playing. Uh, you know his his famous uh, striped guitar, or if he just picked up a Squire Strat off the wall, he would sound like Eddie Van Halen, whether the pickups were directly mounted to the wood or not. That's really the mark of an excellent guitar player, isn't it? You get your t- your tone, your trademark tone, no matter what you play yeah. through. So to answer your question, yeah, it's a little bit of cork sniffery. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Bruce. Hey, guys, I'm considering buying a new electric guitar, and I have it narrowed down to either the Epiphone Limited Edition Casino Coupe, which is a casino style in the ES339 size, or the Epiphone Limited Edition ES339 P90 Pro. Both have P90s. Both are the same size and have similar pickups. Which one would you choose? Any reason to go with one over the other? They're both under her $500. Thanks, Michael. Well, that does it for this episode. Coin flip, coin flip. 
I'm just kidding, Michael. Uh, I can't make this decision for you, dude. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Those sound like exactly the same guitar. <laughs> well, to you, they would. The Casino is hollow. Mm-hmm. The 339 is not. Mm-hmm. They both have P90s, so we're talking about the same pickups, but the Casino has metal covers and the the 339 has plastic covers, but they're both the same scale, same size, same tuners, probably same, probably same pickups under the covers. Which one would I choose? Honestly, Michael, can I just be honest with you, dude? I have the money in my bank account right now to buy both of those guitars. But? And I wouldn't buy either one of them. I thought for a second you were just bragging about how much money you had in the bank Well, account. it's not much. I mean, you could... <laughs> get the, these guitars are about, like, they're like $450 guitars. Honestly, just to, just perfectly honest, man, I wouldn't buy either one of those guitars. That's just me. That is just me, okay? If you're on fire to buy one of those, buy it, man. You might love it. That might be your favorite guitar. I don't know. But this is like asking me to choose what flavor of ice cream you should buy. Dude, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I can't make this decision for you. Um, have you played them? Or are you just like, are, is this just keyboard shopping? Are you just looking at pictures going, that one's pretty? Um, cause I don't, if you, if you haven't played them, then how are you even going to make this determination important decision go to a guitar store and and play one that you like and buy that one that's what i think man there's nothing like that there's nothing like going to the guitar store and really like doing the pepsi challenge plugging in a half dozen guitars and saying you know what that one just sounds and feels better than the rest of these Mm -hmm. something about it And if you're just if you're just buying Epiphones from Sweetwater, they're, I mean, geez, God bless Sweetwater. I don't know, but what are you gonna? They're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, I guess so. That does it for this show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for participating. We didn't have any calls. If you want to call the show, you should do that. Seven five seven 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 four eight four eight two. Call or text that number seven five seven 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 four eight four eight two. The other way to do it is to go to my website ericdaw.com. That's e r i c d a w dot com. Click the contact link and uh, submit your question or comment there. We'll use it as part of the show. It's true. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Good night.